Hello and welcome back to Aboriginal Talkback. This is the podcast that brings you the stories of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are in the mining and resources industry here in Australia. It's a platform where we discuss what we do well and also opportunities to improve. So let's do it. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to um, Iwimra Talkback. You're here with Christina and Florence. Um, you've currently joined us on our first raw ever podcast. Um, this is us just conversating, talking organically um, about issues that pertain to um, ourselves as women and I'm sure a lot of you out there. Um, Flo, how are you feeling with this whole podcast thing? Oh, hey. So this whole uh, podcast thing, I think it's a very, very exciting project. Yep. Um, and I'm really glad to be doing it with you and, of course, other women as well that will be joining us along the way. Beautiful. But, yeah, you're absolutely all right. We're really trying to expand our reach with all of our network as well, reach yes. out and actually talk to the women that we're really trying to engage with yeah. um, and to share their stories. Yep. Very exciting. So in the way of, okay, this is just a question of, you know, off the cuff. So collaboration between culture and technology how do you feel podcasting um to indigenous women within the mining and resources sector um benefits all of our listeners out there oh such a great question and i think to start off with you know with starting a women through the facebook platform what that really helped me with or with the the message of iwimra or the presence of iwimra was to it really did reach everyone because everyone has a phone everyone has access to that Everyone's mad about apps these days. So this is something so new that we've got out there. Um, so might as well use it. So it can really reach out to, to people that are out there in the, in the communities. Nice. Okay. That, and, uh, yeah, as you said, like, you know, reaching because a lot of a big percentage of our, um, you know, listeners and our women are, you know, rural and remote. So it yeah. does, I guess it benefits, you know, twofold really. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, that, and, and again, I was just so excited about this project because what it does do it, is we do get to sit and share everyone's stories, yep. not only across Facebook, but across like other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, people do like to um, to yarn and have a yarn, but not not necessarily show their, you know, be present as well and be in front of a camera. Yeah. Absolutely. So this, yeah, gives them that safe space. So yeah, I'm excited. And and how about you? How are you feeling about everything? Oh my gosh, this is my head is spinning. This is amazing. Like this, going from you know 2018, 2019, and now into 2020. Um, just my, I don't know, like my involvement with what we do, um, you know, in advocating and, um, you know, championing women within the mining resources sector is something that I um, really feel that like passionate about and something that I guess we're in a space where there aren't people like us and, you know, like we're, you know, proper loud, you know, and like our delivery um, with our message, I think, I don't know, it just goes hand in hand with with what the, the current climate um, because as we, um, you know, found out in, in – where were we in IMARC, Melbourne, October? We, um, yeah, like everyone's talking about, you know, diversity, inclusion, you know, gender equality, but no one's kind of looking – like no one's, you know, no one knows what to do. Everyone's kind of looking at each other and going, oh, I don't know, like, it sounds great, you know, we, we need to do it, but what does it look like? And I think that's where IWIMRA comes in, not to save the day, but to kind of, I guess, provide some guide, guidance um, around what that looks like and how we can, you know, best instill, you know, like 
cultural capability, cultural safety, you know, inclusiveness within workplaces because we've been there, we've lived, we've, you know, like lived that experience and we've been, you know, like knee deep, you know, amongst that stuff. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. So good, so good. Um, so, so tell me a little bit more about you then. So, obviously, you're, you're now part of our, the team with Oumra. You know, we're doing some great things in 2020. So, what's your background? Like, where are you from? Um, and yeah, yeah. So originally, so um, I'm a Wiradjuri um woman, Wiradjuri Murrawari woman from Western New South Wales. So my mum's born in Brewarrina, um, but I didn't, you know, grow up so much in Bree. It was more like you know Coffs Harbour, um, and Western Sydney, um in my later years and I got myself so my backstory is a little bit interesting I got myself into university I was the first indigenous school captain at my high school at Gorga high school um and I was championing indigenous rights and um I was very vocal on the the youth like youth advocacy um and moved to Sydney got myself into university and found myself homeless um surprisingly because I, I got myself in, into yeah. a university degree. I was the first person in my family to go to university. So the importance during that time wasn't really, um, oh, Christina's made it. We need to, you know, wrap so much support around her because of so much trauma that was in my family, um, you know, like inherent trauma, um, intergenerational trauma that, you know, like we've experienced. So to have the first person in my family go to university um, there wasn't that importance or there, there was not that importance. There was just that lack of understanding of what this meant. So, and during that time, um, I moved to Sydney, got myself a place. I didn't know like scholarships. There was no, there was none of that support around that I knew of. All I knew is, you know, I, I thought it was just going to be like school. So you just go to classes, but then I had to, um, support myself I had to pay rent I had to you know feed myself I had to buy books I had to make it um all by myself without a lot of um knowledge as to how I do this and I felt you know end up getting a job got two jobs but the more I worked the more I made money but I you know the less I was able to make it to lectures and tutorials and that was lacking so then if I cut work and then started doing uni work um then I wouldn't have rent. So how, do, how did I find a balance? I didn't. I became homeless and I, I lived for about four and a half months um, homeless on the university campus. <laughs> so, yeah, sleeping wow. in and out of, you know, like well, staying in, you know, some friends, you know, like dorm rooms, um, sleeping you know, like in the campus, like, you know, the garden. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was actually pretty, pretty hectic. Um that, yeah. Oh wow. So then, and you know, I was just, tr- I was trying to make it work as best as I could. Um, and then, yeah, my mum found out what I was doing and then basically said, yep, you're coming home to start from scratch again. So lo and behold, went home and um, started to advocate um, and work at PCYCs with, with doing youth work and um, working with, with homeless kids in, in Coffs Harbour. Um, and you know like you know just volunteering at the PCYC and you know the homeless shelter and stuff like that and that kind of got me on the journey of you know advocating for um you know our youth and women and just you know indigenous you know rights and policy and stuff like that so uh yeah that's basically me in a nutshell and that's what kind of led me down the path of um 
working, you know, across government, like, you know, New South Wales and Queensland governments within the, um, the like, the youth justice spaces. Um, just because I've come from that, you know, I know exactly what that looks like and I know how best to engage with people that come from, you know, trauma. So when I were talking about trauma, trauma-informed practice, um, you have uh, having to use people's, um, their, everything that they've, that they've, they've come across in their lives, like their um, experiences and try and find some positive. So, which is kind of what I've been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years, not 20 years, but 10, 15 years, as well as um, working across government policy um, and reconciliation action plan implementation and stuff like that um, and informing best practice through departmental um you know, policy as to how we can, I don't know, I guess close the gap between um, non-Indigenous and Indigenous Australia. Um, but then, yeah, wow. so that's kind of a lot of blah, 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 information. That I- that, that's amazing. That is so, and, I, and you know what, and, you know, I know you, yeah. right, but I actually didn't know that. So, yeah, wow. Um, but, uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, I honestly appreciate that. And, um, yeah, thank you for that. But, um, you know, it, and it really does show, it tells me a lot about you as well. And I, I guess it really does show how resilient you are and how determined yeah. you are. Um, and, that, and that's what I love about you. That's why I love um, being around you. I think that's, that's what you bring to the yep. table in terms of any relationship. I think it's so engaging. I'm so glad that yeah. you're with us. Um, yeah. So um, what else? What else was it? So who inspires you? Because this, this is something that we talk yep. about often. So, and, and, and we have um, people that inspire us both, but who inspires you? Oh, you know what? That's a, that, that's a loaded question, Flo. That really is. <laughs> you know, and and I've kind of like thought about this a lot. Like, is it, is it like the Michelle Obama's, the Oprah's, the Gary V's of the world? To, to a certain, to a certain extent, it is absolutely. Um, but then I, I guess, I, I guess for me, let me just, how do I, how do I say this? How do I say it? So I, you know, having everyone, like everyone comes from a struggle. Everyone um, that, well, everyone that I know hasn't had a silver spoon um, and they've, they've had to make it themselves. They've had to claw their way to where they are. Um, so I think for me, if I had to give one answer, it'd have to be my mum. Oh, yeah. I think mum would have lovely. to be my biggest inspiration because I don't ever want to, don't want to get emotional, but um, why she's my inspiration is because she's always been the one in my corner telling me, Christina, you can do this. Like my mum wanted to be a police officer when she was young, um, but she was too short at that time. Like she went through the recruiting and stuff. They said, oh, you're too short. So she didn't, you know, she couldn't become a police officer. So she had myself and, you know, my, my two younger brothers, um, but she, you know, like after going through like, you know, all like, you know, the same thing. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of like our listeners have experienced, you know, growing up with, you know, domestic violence, you know, like having, um, you know, like alcohol fuel violence um, in their in their families. And my mum was was a victim of that for a big portion of my life um, from my father. And um, throughout all of mum's trauma, mum was able to maintain a, a level of stability for myself and my brothers where we went to school, we were fed. We didn't, we, we didn't have the best of clothes. We sometimes didn't even go to school, you know, like with, 
um, you know, stuff in our bags, but she always made sure we at least had at least a little gammon, you know, baked bean sandwich or jam sandwich or Vegemite <laughs> sandwich or a packet of biscuits or something in our bag um, for us to go to school. So she maintained that le- a level of stability for us and was always my biggest advocate saying, Christina, you can do this. Christina, you can yeah. do this. Christina, if you don't do it, I'm going to push you to do it. Um, so like when I was, you know, throughout my schooling at Wagulga High School, I was in year 11 and I wanted, I wanted to drop out in year 10 and get a job and help mum, you know, like provide. And she's like, no, 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 you go to year, t- you go to year 12. Went through to year 12 and, you know, in year 11, it was the nominations for, for school captain. And I was like, oh, I wanted to go. Like I knew everyone I was friends with, you know, like all the computer fellas. I was friends with all the surfy kids. I was friends with all the, you know, the, the popular girls. But I didn't, you know, I was friends with all the, you know, the smokers that, that sat down the bottom of the school. So I was you know, across every, every, you know, kind of friendship group. I didn't care who you are. If you were nice, I was nice to you. You know, like I was at, Hey, what you, what you mob doing? Where you are? Where you, what, what you gone? And, um, <laughs> yeah, which is, then you're still the same. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then mom just came up to school captain and mum said, you know, you should put your name in. I'm like, nah, you know, shame. I can't. And she's like, Christina, there's nothing shame in wanting to be the first, you know, person to do something. And I'm like, nah, mum, I can't. You know, it's all the, it's all the, the, the pretty girls. It's all, it's all the, the popular girls, and um, which were all my friends, by the way. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I just felt intimidated. And mum said, Christina, just, just put your hat in your ring. You know, you, you never know what could happen. Anyways, long story short, did my, um, did my application, did my speech. Lo and behold, this little black, black duck got school captain for Wilbur High School in 2002. First Indigenous captain. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Because- Amazing. Congratulations. So it was such a a good good time. Um, And yeah, and I thought to myself, you know what, this is, this is crazy. I I, I didn't, couldn't believe it. And I felt like I was on top of the world, but because my mom had that belief in me um, and, you know, moving on from that, like she was like always that stability and going through all of her stuff, but still was able to provide myself and my brothers with that so much stability. So Long-winded answer, I know, but mum is, would have to be my, at the core of me, my, you know, like my driving force behind what I do. Oh, that's so beautiful. Love you, mum. That's so, oh, so amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, Um, yeah. And and that's so great as well, because I think like with our culture being such a strong matriarchal culture as well, it's so important that we're always reflecting back. Um, to the women that are in our lives and it's not you know it's our mom it's our auntie yeah. it's our sisters it's you know the people that we're around every day that we draw so much energy yeah. from um yeah so then so it's so lovely so lovely um so then moving on to 2020 now so you know we've got some oh, great amazing yeah. things planned for Iwimra yeah. you know Iwimra itself but also personally um what are you most excited <laughs> for what are you most now excited if, if, for? if your previous question wasn't loaded it's not loaded <laughs> Go, go. So I'm, I'm excited about, so I, I do see myself as an, as an international advocate for Indigenous women. And I say that because regardless of like what, you know, what continent we come from, all Indigenous women, we all experience the same issues. We have the same thoughts, the same thought processes, um, the, 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 the same trauma, the, 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 the same 
um, upbringings. So, and we've got, you know, and we're overrepresented on in a lot of the same social aspects as well, like um, the child safety, you know, justice, you know, corrections um, spaces. So, and, and a lot of like our um, women like across continents are, you know, like that matriarchal um, head of the families. So I think for me, my biggest thing is going to be spending some time in, in South America with Indigenous women, um, you know, across Peru, Brazil, um, Chile, and just being able to, I guess, immerse myself in what they, like everything that they are and their struggles and their hopes and their dreams and their achievements and just to kind of hope to celebrate um, a lot of their success that they that they have to date um, and just share that with other Indigenous women because, like, as I said, like, we all come from the same, at the core of us, we're all the same, the same woman. And um, I think for me is being able to have that international platform is to, you know, like spread the vibe of positivity, spread the love, you know, spread that we can do what we want to do if we are all singing from the same, you know, same songbook and, um, you know, like dance in that same dance. Oh, definitely. And I'm going to flip that question that you asked me mm-hmm. before as well. So what do you think then the role of technology in what we're trying to do for our message, our voice, you know, our conversation more than anything? Because I think, you know, saying that it's a message or saying it's it's whatever, what I've always found our women mm-hmm. to be is that it's a conversation. Yep. But it's, it's such an open-ended conversation yep. as well. Um, so what do you think in tech technology, like how do you think that can help us moving forward? How do I think technology can help us moving forward? I guess is just, I guess we just, for me, technology reinforces what we're doing is what we're on the right path to do. Um, and I think just having this conversation, like, like here what we're doing now, um, conversating in real time. So all of our women out there, you know, sweating they, you know, like they A's off. Um, you know, like in their trucks and, you know, like in the thick of, you know, like all that um, dirt that they're working with, it just, it just kind of gives something, gives us something tangible to say that we see you fellas, you know, we see you fellas, we hear you. Um, And this is, yeah, it just gives us that, I guess, yeah, like more of a real time platform to, to stand united. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I just got. I, I, I think so. Well. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. That's some mean content there. <laughs> but um, but no. Thank you so much. I think you know we can yarn for so much longer, Definitely. and there's so many things that we talk about all the time. And I guess what we really wanted to do with this very first podcast is to really put it out there and say, you know, like we talk about so many inspirational things, so many times a, a day, yeah. even. Um, how do we start to capture that and say, you know what, let's action yeah. those things. Let's start to move things forward. But I think for me, more than anything, I really wanted to showcase the women who are around me that who inspires me every day as well. So that was definitely something I wanted to share with everyone. So uh, we should absolutely wrap it up. Um, So thank you so much for the yarn this afternoon. Like we've had such a great time. And um, yeah, let's do it. 2020. 2020. Love it. Watch this space, you mob. That is a wrap. I Rimra Talk Back. Episode one is done. To my deadly sister, Christina Coleman, thank you so much for being with me here today as our very first guest. 
Thank you for sharing your story, your aspirations for 2020, and also what you bring to this conversation. So it's a call out to all you deadly women out there who want to have a yarn. Give us a call. Let's do it. Stay safe, stay deadly, and yarn soon.